Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Sabolsky. This is a regular panel discussion held with the brightest minds in the healthcare industry. We host collaborative conversations from all physicians, patients, scientists, creatives, and executives devoting their efforts to putting the care back into healthcare. We cover it all from delivery pharmaceutical life science, digital health, mental health, retail health, and anything anyone's doing with an innovative intent in the market. Stay tuned for a special episode of the Digital Health Roundtable. Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I am your host, Matt Sabolsky. I am really pleased to be with Phil Gibbs today. Phil Gibbs leads the Disruption Lab. He is a steward of the Nashville healthcare community. And importantly for this call today, Phil and I attended, and Phil co-led, the Telehealth Academy 2022. Um, And this show is really about saying thanks about that, but also some takeaways that we had from listening to these incredible presenters and meeting with people casually in this fantastic um, and rich uh, networking environment. Phil Gibbs, welcome to the show. Tell us about what you learned at Telehealth Academy 2022. Well, first of all, Matt, thanks for having us. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity to share uh, what was, as you've described, just an amazing event. Uh, Telehealth Academy was uh, three sessions, two virtual sessions, followed by, as you described, the in-person day yesterday at the Omni here in Nashville. And it was a bringing together of the uh, kind of the healthcare ecosystem and looking at this uh, this opportunity we have to take healthcare uh, virtual and take it into people's homes and to create just new and innovative and improved ways of, uh, of caring for people and improving health. And uh, we had a chance to look at it from uh, so many different perspectives. The, obviously, the providers, clinicians, uh, executives who are on the front lines delivering care, We heard from uh, uh, the perspective of the academic community, the medical schools that are training new clinicians. We heard policy perspectives, what the investor community is uh, is thinking. We heard uh, some case studies uh, and then new entrants, which is really exciting to hear from people like Kroger Health and Best Buy Health that you don't think of as being uh, in the healthcare business. Uh, but one one thing that was really, uh, I, at least I appreciated, and I think was helpful to the participants, was a focus on Nashville, which has been known over the years, uh, really about 50 years since the founding of HCA, for innovating care delivery, and is now adopting uh, new models of delivering care, including uh, telehealth and, and virtual care. And, and we heard from LifePoint, uh, and we heard from uh, from HCA, and you're, we're going to hear more from Christopher in a few minutes, Christopher Northam, who leads uh, Enterprise Telehealth at HCA and his team, specifically Jessica Kelly and Kelly Nye, uh, and just hearing uh, the lessons they've learned over the years in implementing uh, telehealth was really refreshing. So it was a great day. I just really want to say a, a shout out to all of the participants and uh, the sponsors and uh, all of those that, that made uh, the, the Telehealth Academy possible. 
I was floored by some of the takeaways we had. And I think most importantly, you could tell um, the gestalt of those attending and what we were all sort of working towards, which is this implementation and application of important technologies uh, that allow us to reach the patient at their doorstep. Phil, are we going to do this again next year? We are looking forward to Telehealth Academy 3. I expect we will start that pl planning process uh, very quickly and uh, hopefully get a date on the calendar and uh, excited about uh, the future of it. Absolutely. Where can we learn more? Where can we stay connected so that we don't miss this in the coming years? Well, there, there are uh, two or three places. Uh, obviously, we partnered with the Nashville Entrepreneur Center, Project Healthcare, Eric Thrillkill, and the team there that just did an amazing job and have uh, tremendous influence in, in helping to generate new concepts, new ideas, support uh, startups in the, the Nashville uh, healthcare community. Uh, and also we worked with uh, Dan DeRazio and the team at Sage Growth Partners. And you can access information from uh, those two organizations. It's uh, ec.co is the website for the Nashville Entrepreneur Center, and you can find information about it there. Uh, and with Dan's company, uh, with Sage Growth Partners, and uh, obviously with the Disruption Lab, uh, you can access information about the Telehealth Academy. Phil, this is wonderful. Um, for those listening um, in the next year, as I look forward to having great interviews and uh, connections with those that are going to be speaking or attending and showcasing wonderful ideas and outcomes from all the work that we're doing with leveraging telehealth for the better good of the public and each other. Phil, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much. Yes, we're, we've just begun. I think that's the big takeaway from, from yesterday. Uh, telehealth technology has been around for some time, uh, and we've made a lot of progress that was accelerated in the pandemic, but in reality, the journey is just beginning. So an exciting future. Thanks so much, Matt. You're welcome, Phil. I am really pleased today to have two exceedingly special guests from my backyard here in Nashville, Tennessee. I am joined today by Phil Gibbs and Christopher Northam. And Christopher Northam works for H, uh, HCA Healthcare, and he is the VP of Telehealth. Christopher, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to have you. So let's do this. Let's, let's make a pivot here. HCA Healthcare, Christopher Northam, VP of Telehealth. The wave of digital health and telehealth is starting to rise, hasn't even crested. Christopher, welcome to the show. Good morning. Great to be here. Good to have you. Um, you know, in our pre-call, which I enjoy these pre-calls, it's an opportunity for me to meet the best, the brightest, the most influential, the most passionate. You started off with something really interesting to me when we were speaking, and you said, Matt, I, I'm here to do whatever it takes. What does that mean for you at HCA Healthcare with telehealth and what you've been responsible for over the last few years? I think at, at the root, at the foundation of that thought, it is um, focusing on change and innovation. And uh, through that process, uh, I think a lot of people are enamored with innovation and, and change, uh, but it takes a lot of resilience. It, it takes uh, tremendous optimism and passion. And I think that uh, we're very fortunate that, uh, that we have a team and a lot of key stakeholders that participate in and driving that innovation cycle and maintaining an optimization. So, so Christopher, let me ask you this question. Um, 
we were also talking about what's really interesting in, uh, to you now. Um, we talked about some hardware, some wearables. You know, the old term was structured medical data, but basically for those listening, the conception is, you know, real-time collection of information of behavior and healthcare data, quantifying it and applying it. Um, tell us more about uh, that interest of yours lately with telehealth and digital health. If we think about medical wearables versus consumer wearables, the medical wearable really allows for the next generation of clinical decision support and actionable information that allows individual care delivery. And uh, through the, those medical wearables, allowing us to really to care for the patients on a, a longer term basis instead of just on a very episodic basis. Um, I do think that the consumer wearable has a role. And I think that by and large, that role is with patient consumers that are seeking a greater understanding of how they can manage their personal activities of daily living more very helpful for their engagement as a, a patient with their providers. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of the pivot that you and I made previously when we were discussing this was these wearables and this data is wonderful, right? Like observing this, like passively kind of getting a sense of patterns and where people are is important. But, uh, you know, in the book that I wrote, one of the themes that came across to me with all these experts and all these patients and all these clinicians was people can be participants in their healthcare. Um, they're not necessarily in this place of taking an authority down sort of view where they're being told what to do. They can, they can interact a bit more as a participant to you outside of the sense of moral responsibility we have to take care of ourselves. How does this change the role of telehealth and digital health when it comes to HCA healthcare, for example, and the communities you're serving? COVID has significantly advanced the perspective of patients to be more participant in their care, as you mentioned, Matt, and really sustain it on an ongoing basis. And it results in higher engagement from the patients, greater accountability, and also setting an expectation. So that is good, right? Communicating with the care teams, participating with their care teams. Something else that you talked about was scaling the delivery of medicine through these new tools and these new ideas of how we deliver care with a primary caution. And your primary caution I thought was really unique and provocative, which is you can't convert a physical process necessarily to a digital process. When it comes to engagement, participation, and scaling the delivery of medicine, um, telehealth has a role. What is it? We're still early in, in its role. I think that we're still in the first mile. We've spent a lot of years in the first mile of the potential of telehealth and digital health. I think that its foundation is really a critical enabler, which allows us to more effectively distribute scarce resources, specialty resources across the enterprise, across multiple communities and geographies to meet the needs of patients wherever they may be, remote, rural, urban, metropolitan, and to be able to more effectively ensure that they're getting the right specialist, the, the right care at the right time. Yeah, that's really hugely important. And it's also personal for you. You recently have had a family member who had an event that thrust you and what your work is right into the limelight of what you can do. Uh, tell us about that. On that topic, my father has Alzheimer's and is in memory care. And as I took over as his primary caregiver, um, I never had, having worked my whole adult life in the healthcare field, I've never 
truly understood patient dignity the way that I understand patient dignity and have started to understand patient dignity and the importance of individualized care and patient dignity um, throughout the process as my father has gone through multiple hospitalizations and, and through a, a lot of different therapies. Um, I'm fortunate that I get an insight into being able to assess the degree of dignity that we're adhering for my father, the patient, um, and understanding how we can do a better job in, in healthcare and in all facets of healthcare to care for, for our patients. And even more so when our patients can't be their own advocates and need advocates and family members and, um, in order to ensure that they're getting the best care since they're not able to make those decisions on their own any longer. Right. Getting the best care using tools for telehealth, maybe even smart speakers or mobile based tools can really be a game changer. There was a really interesting study out of the UK um, with a supportive care situation where smart speakers were delivered and offered to folks living there. After the study was over, there was increased socialization increased sense of autonomy. Um, but one of the unanticipated parts of that was at the end of the study, when we went to go collect the smart speakers, the patients didn't want us to take it. They felt somewhat of an anthropomorphic connection to this device, uh, which sort of changed the way they were living there and less, made them feel less alone and, and more safe. And that leads me to another question for you, which is the integration of telehealth into daily living, accelerated by COVID, sort of in your words, decades of acceleration and a couple years here. Matt, I really think that a lot of uh, what we've realized over the previous decades is that we, we work hard to deliver great care, but the, the care is segmented oftentimes into um, episodic events. And moving past these episodic events and, to, and really being able to create a, a structure, a, a way that we ensure that we're tying these events together and not just focusing on sick care, but well care um, longitudinally and by design. Um, Jamie Edwards, COO of Startup Health, says that telehealth can be, and digital health, can be our new gold standard of care. Um, in your words, you said, listen, uh, telehealth tools are not just bolt-on enablers. Let me ask you, Christopher, can telehealth and digital health be a new gold standard of care delivery? I absolutely believe that it can participate and enable uh, that gold standard of care delivery. Avoiding the belief that by simply virtualizing legacy care models and workflows that we're evolving care and delivery and access. We're not. Rather, we must design our programs, the solutions focused on optimal outcomes. So one of the things that you mentioned uh, to me was a, a phrase that I think is like your brand it is definitely like when I think Chris, Christopher Northam from now on, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to let you say this to the crowd in your sort of closing thoughts. I always give people this idea to close knowing that, you know, at some point there's going to be a soundbite, which with their voice connected to them into perpetuity about this topic. I think you told me, if I got it right, you said we need to approach this as being fearless but not reckless. In your final closing, what is your statement 
to those listening? If they only could hear one thing, what would it be? Um, I, I do. I live by a philosophy of fearless, not right. Doing it for the right reasons. And that fearlessness, that um, relentless pursuit of ensuring that we're leaving healthcare better than we found it uh, through the course of our careers and uh, the impacts that we seek to make on improving care delivery. Well, Christopher, it has been a pleasure to have you, albeit a short conversation, a meaningful one. Thanks for joining me on the Digital Health Roundtable. I appreciate Matt and Phil. Thank you both so much for inviting me to join you this morning and inviting me to to join the Telehealth Academy. I look forward to participating. We're happy to have you. Phil Gibbs, Telehealth Academy, leader, steward, community member. Thanks for joining and sharing about the Telehealth Academy. Uh, As Christopher described, just uh, advance the knowledge and understanding of what's happening in uh, delivery of healthcare. It's It's an exciting time. Although it's a challenging time, it's an exciting time to be in healthcare. This has been Matt Sabolsky with the Digital Health Roundtable. Join us next time for another excellent episode. See you then.